Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Friday, November 19th, 2021. I'm your host, George Kurth. Unfortunately, Cody Roadcap cannot be with us because water and keyboards do not mix. Take note, everybody. But we got Tyler Snyder in the house. Tyler, how's your keyboard? Uh, my keyboard is fine, George. Uh, I'm just happy to be here. It's really nice not being the couch GM that's missing this time. Um, although we are going to miss Cody. I'd much rather it was you that couldn't be here. But, you know, you can't always get what you want. So we're here. I can just leave right now and just let you just talk at the people for the next hour if you want me to do that. Yo, I got this. <laughs> All right. Mute myself here. Go ahead. That's fine. We'll keep you. The fans at home love you. I'm not sure why, but they do. <laughs> Oh, how sweet. Okay, I'll tell the fans then what we're going to hear this week. We're going to talk a couple NFL news and notes, and we're going to break down week 11 with every single matchup, telling you who to start, who to sit, and giving you our best advice. Make sure you check us out on thecouchgms.com and on our social media channels for even more news and advice than you get on the show here. With no further ado, let's jump into NFL news. NFL news. And in NFL news, we are going to start with one Antonio Brown because he never likes to stay out of the spotlight. This time it was reported by his former in live in chef that he obtained a fake COVID-19 vaccination card in order to avoid NFL protocols. Now, I don't like to believe that anyone would do this, but I also feel like if anyone were to do this, it would be Antonio Brown. I mean, we saw what he went through over a helmet. Yeah, I mean, I also am kind of interested that I feel like they're making a bigger deal out of Aaron Rodgers than this. Like, Aaron Rodgers says he was immunized, and it was just that he got, he didn't get vaccinated. He had some other kind of procedure or something, did some other kind of weird way of getting immunized and what he considered was a better option. So at least he tried, like. Antonio Brown just got a fake card and people are like, "Meh, it's Antonio Brown. Like they don't care at all. Um, so I'm very concerned, but I, this is not just a, I mean, look, the NFL has to look into this. They're going to have to find out what's wrong here and how to go about this. But this is not just an NFL broken rule. Like this is a federal offense. I think that's something that people don't realize. This is a federal offense. So he could actually be facing, uh, federal fines maybe even jail time depending on how that goes so antonio brown could be in some deep trouble and there's a chance he might miss some time over this there definitely is we'll have to keep an eye out let's also mention that the buccaneers came out and put out a statement that said that they looked at all of their players vaccination cards they said there was nothing that was askew and that their entire team was vaccinated who knows if there was a chance that it did get through their whole protocol, but that was them trying to cover their tracks at the least. Yeah, which they have to do. Honestly, they can't just be like, oh, we didn't know. They have to cover their tracks at least a little bit, but uh, it's something worth monitoring. I mean, we've all kind of come accustomed to not playing Antonio Brown for a while now. Anyway, he started off really hot. He looked like he might actually be a really solid fantasy receiver, but um by this point in the season, you've already made plans on how to replace Antonio Brown. So this really shouldn't be too bad for you from a fantasy standpoint. So let's go ahead and move on to our next piece of news. Um, Sean Payton, he says that the taunting is being over officiated. Uh, and the NFL says that we will continue to put an emphasis on taunting. Um, some people like this. Some people say just play your game and 
move on. Uh, other people are saying that this is just makes the NFL even more of the no fun league. Uh, what side are you on? I'm definitely on the, this makes more uh, the NFL more of the no fun league. I get what they were trying to do by putting an emphasis on taunting. There's some things that are egregious that really should be um, penalized because like, I think the biggest example is you always get the person who retaliates in a fight. You never get the person who starts it. Essentially the person who starts it is taunting. Like if that was the case and they like get up in somebody's face mask, talk some crap and push them, that should be taunting and a penalty standing up and staring at someone else's sideline for two seconds and then walking back resulting in a taunting penalty and a fine like what happened to Cassius Marsh two weeks ago absolutely dumb like so like I think they're over exaggerating exactly what Sean Payton is saying and that's why it's making it more of the no fun league yeah I think in Marsh's case it was more of a you know the official was at fault but the NFL wants to back their officials before backing the players and they were just trying to cover their butts by you know doubling down by fining him and everything but uh on the other standpoint like i've seen some taunting calls where people like are standing over top of somebody as they're laying on the ground screaming you suck you're trash you can't handle this and shit and they get the they get the taunting penalties and i get it um but yeah there's definitely other guys that just kind of be like oh how'd you like that and boom that's a taunting and it's just really Mm -hmm. it it is kind of becoming the no fun league i like that they upped taunting a little bit i might be one of the only people that says that i like that they upped taunting a little bit this year but i'm not happy with how much they did i think they overcorrected definitely agree with that and i also want to just add on to this a little bit sean payton said something along the lines of because he's on the competition committee that helped pass the emphasized taunting thing he feels like the competition committee was kind of misguided a little bit because he expected it to be a little bit of an emphasis, but not turn to the extent that it is here. So that was the other part of his quote of saying it the way he did. Absolutely, George. Um, it's definitely something worth monitoring. I think it's something they're going to address in the off season. I mean, we've seen things that are just kind of a one year flyer. We saw it with the uh, challenging of pass interference that, kind of lasted one year and then went away because it was a joke. And I think taunting could be very well the same thing. It could pretty much go away by next season. Um, But I think that's all for our news. So why don't we go ahead and get into our week 11 preview. But before we do, I just want to note that we do have two teams on by this week. We got the Broncos and the Rams, and that is a big bye week, especially if you are a Cooper cup owner, you have been banking on the 30 points a week that he's been getting you because he's been so dominant. Um, but you also have Daryl Henderson. You got Matt Stafford. You got Van Jefferson. Now, maybe you went out and got OBJ. Uh, you got Tyler Higby on the Broncos side, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, that <laughs> laundry list Cheers. of receivers they have that they don't like singling out any one guy there's a lot of people yeah. <laughs> that you could be missing so uh as we go through these games george i think we really got to focus on some potential replacements in each game for these guys that are missing out on some people definitely and another thing to note would have to be finding defense replacements i know you mentioned a couple of teams on tuesday we'll also talk some defense replacements because the rams i'm pretty sure are the number one fantasy defense and the broncos are a top i want to say seven fantasy defense so We'll find you some replacements there. Why don't we dive into one o'clock games, the New Orleans Saints traveling to my Philadelphia Eagles and somebody who may have been riding your bench for a while that is really coming alive. Maybe you have him and Cooper Cup, Devontae Smith. 
I think it's becoming more and more every week that Devontae Smith is coming into his own. Jalen Hurts and him are getting a connection, and he's going to be—he's starting to become a reliable fantasy starter. So, I mean, if he's on your team with Cooper Cup, perfect. You got to slot right in, and you're good. If he is somebody who you've already been starting, then congratulations. Just keep going. The only thing that would concern me then is his bye week and week the week right before the fantasy playoffs, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Devontae Smith is someone that's really coming on, and we I don't feel like he hasn't been talked about all that much because we started to count him out early in the season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he is definitely stepping up. I have him in a couple leagues, and I was really disappointed with the way that he was performing earlier in the season, and I think it's better now. Um, I definitely like his fantasy value in dynasty leagues or keeper leagues so much more than a redraft league. But even in a redraft league, like you said, he's becoming more consistent. He's becoming more dependable. Um, I really like the way you can use him. But speaking of dependable, consistent, whatever, we got to talk about these Eagles running backs. I am the first one to say that I hate these Eagles running backs because I think they're worse than the 49ers running backs uh, in the sense that you can't trust any one person. So we have, you know, Jordan Howard's been doing well. We have Boston Scott that slots in there, catches passes. We have Kenneth Gainwell, who was heavily used when Miles Sanders was in, and when Sanders goes down, Gainwell is phased out of the offense. Makes no sense. And we have Miles Sanders was put on the return, uh, designated to return list, which doesn't mean he'll be back this week, but it means he can return within the next two weeks or three weeks. So which Eagles running backs are you trusting this week, and which ones are you moving forward with? Well, I'm going to say... Miles Sanders is the long-term guy and the Eagles coaching staff came out and said, when Miles Sanders is healthy enough to return, he is our starting running back. They put the faith in Miles Sanders. And if they really are committed to running the ball more, which they have been from the first part of that game where he got hurt all the way through now, it could be a completely different Miles Sanders in fantasy than you saw when he was playing early in the season. If Miles Sanders does not go this week, I'm still team Jordan Howard because I think they want more of a pure running back to care, handle most of the carries and then Boston Scott to be the change of pace and the passing down back. So I think Boston Scott has a chance to be somebody who is relevant, even with Miles Sanders in the game or if Jordan Howard and he are starting. But I like Jordan Howard better if Miles Sanders doesn't go because I feel like he's going to get the more consistent. He has a better chance of getting the 12 to 15 carries. All right, well, there you go, guys. There's your breakdown on the Eagles running backs. Other Eagles worth noting are Jalen Hurts, obviously, and Dallas Goddard. But moving over to the Saints side, um, the big news is obviously Alvin Kamara did not practice. So he is trending towards not playing. And guys, I know the Eagles have a pretty good run defense, but the Titans have had a better ranked run defense than the Eagles, and they allowed... Uh, almost 30 fantasy points to Mark Ingram. If mm-hmm. you have Mark Ingram, you need to start him. I don't care who you have. You got to start Mark Ingram. You got to find a place to start him. He's so valuable. Um, and if Mark Ingram's available in your league, uh, first off, what's wrong with your league? Uh, second off, <laughs> go get him. Put him in your starting lineup. You won't regret it. Um, but other Saints worth starting. Um, man, it's getting tough because... Their yeah. receivers are sketchy. I like Traquan Smith the best out of the receivers, but I don't love him. Um, Adam Troutman's their best tight end, but I, I don't love him. Um, I'm not starting Trevor Simeon. I'm not starting Taysom Hill. 
uh, after Mark Ingram, there's really no Saints I want in my starting lineup. I'll say there's got to be somewhat of dartboard consideration for Adam Troutman starting to come out because he has seen a little bit more volume these last few weeks than he had in the beginning part of the season. But I still don't love it. There's like at least seven, eight other dartboard throws that I like better than Adam Troutman still. If he's one of the guys you have faith in, it's a dartboard. Try it. But especially with the wide receivers against the Eagles secondary, that's been actually pretty solid. Their number one wide receiver being Traquan Smith. Darius Slay would be on him, and he's pretty much shut down receivers this year. So I don't trust anyone outside of that. I'm staying away from all the Saints wide receivers, at least this week. Yeah, absolutely, George. I agree with you. Um, So let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup which we have the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Now, look, I know we all saw Miami go out and shut down Baltimore. I don't think they're going to play like that all year. But right now, they're facing the Jets, and the Jets are really not a great team. So we said that we were going to mention some fantasy defenses for you, and this is a big one. Miami has such an easy schedule, and the Jets are a joke. So if you can go get Miami's defense, they're not highly ranked. Uh, they're not highly owned. Go get them and start them. You should be fine this week. Look what they did to Baltimore. They could do even better against the Jets. Uh, on As far as the Dolphins players worth starting, I'll go ahead and start us off. Mike Gusecki. Now, hear me out. Last week, Mike okay. Gusecki got zero. Zero points. Zero catches. But he still had seven targets. The fact they didn't have any catches on seven targets is crazy. But the Ravens knew that Gusecki was their top weapon, and they doubled him all game, which left Jalen Waddle wide open sometimes. Um, And even some of the no-name receivers for Miami started coming wide, wide open because they were so... Exactly. They were so worried about shutting down Gusecki that the receivers were wide open. Not every team's going to play them like that. If Gasecki's mm-hmm. getting seven targets, he's going to get volume. He's going to get catches. He's going to get yards. He's going to get touchdowns. Gasecki's still a solid starter. On the receiver side, I know we talked about Mac Hollins. I know we talked about some of their other no-name guys. Um, but really, the receiver that I'd want to start would be Jalen Waddle. And George, I know you're a big fan of Jalen Waddle. Um, the Jets are one of the best defenses against the pass this year. Are you trusting Jalen Waddle in your starting lineup? It's a tough call because, yeah, the Jets are one of the best teams against the pass. Although I feel like it's been trending a little bit better for wide receivers in the last few weeks. Like, in uh, example, they've gone from, I think it was defense like 29 against the wide receiver. They're now defense number 18. So receivers are having some more success against them in recent weeks. The reason I would say, yeah, I would probably still think about playing Jalen Waddle is because even when he's in tough matchups, he's still getting targets. And as long as Will Fuller's not there, he's basically the only trust trustworthy wide receiver consistently. He's going to get targets, and that volume is enough for me to put him in my lineup against a team that the running backs just feast on. So I think we have to talk about running backs here next. Running backs. All right, let's go ahead and talk about running backs. Uh, Gaskin, I... <laughs> I don't love him. He has been. Where's Cody sketchy. when you need him? <laughs> he has been bad all season. And, you know, it's sad because I was one of the Gaskin truthers in preseason. I was saying he's a guy you need to target. He's going to be one of the breakout candidates for this year. And it just hasn't worked. 
it he hasn't mm-hmm. shown up. So um, I think if you're going to play him, this is going to be a good week for it. I think this could be the week that he really has good volume, really performs well. Um, but man, I still don't know. My trust level is shaky with Gaskin right now. No, it definitely is. And it's not like Gaskin's been bad every single game. He's had a couple of boom games, like 26 against Tampa Bay out of nowhere. But like Atlanta is a good uh, is a good matchup. He had 15. Houston's a good matchup. He had 12. He's shown he can put up some good games and good matchups. So if there's any time to play Miles Gaskin, it's here. And there's no other running back that I would want to trust enough. If you know, that's also that's on that team. I mean, like there's just a bunch of other what? Malcolm Brown and what else do we Salvan got? Salvan Ahmed. Ahmad, Salvan Ahmed. Yeah, exactly. Patrick Laird. Like, mm, yeah, no. Miles Gaskin should get the bulk of the carries. And I think there is a chance that Miami actually has a positive game script here, which they have not had too often. Part of the reason why Miles Gaskin has not been successful this year. So if you're going to play him, it's going to be this week. I like this matchup. I would not feel the most confident, but he's probably further up on my list than some of these other running backs who have been borderline these last few weeks. Yeah, I agree with you here, George. And you know what? I think that's enough on Gaskin. Let's go ahead and stick with running backs and move on to the Jets side. And I feel like you got to start Michael Carter at this point if you have him. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you're deeper at running back and you have better guys, if you're debating between Michael Carter and Mark Ingram, I'm going Mark Ingram. But uh, not everybody's that deep. So if you are not deep, Michael Carter is becoming a guy where you got to start him. Um, He's performing very well. The offense is running through him. Um, The only thing you have to worry about with Carter is game script the Jets can fall behind real quick and have to abandon the run but we're talking about the Dolphins here we're not talking about some high-powered offense that's going to be putting up 40 points in the first half and blow you away it's it's the Dolphins (laughs) they're still not great they won last week because their defense was shut down um so I think Carter's going to be used all game he should be able to find more holes than what the Ravens were able to find and um I think he's worth playing but uh, George, how about some of the other guys on this team? Do you like Elijah Moore? Do you like the tight ends, the receivers? Are you going with Joe Flacco? I think <laughs> I'm not good with Joe Flacco. Um, as much as he did not look bad in limited playing time in the preseason and in, for, in the uh, couple of relief appearances, no, I'm not playing Joe Flacco. Forget that. Um, I'm going to start with the other running back, Ty Johnson. Um, the Jets when they are down tend to use Ty Johnson a little bit more. He's not somebody who gets enough consistent volume for me to want to play him. I think it's Michael Carter or bust when it comes to their running backs, their wide receivers. I would like Elijah more, more <laughs> if Corey Davis was still out of the lineup, but with Corey Davis being back, I almost feel like the, their offense has kind of shifted from, they were putting so much focus on getting the ball to Corey Davis to start the season. And then when he was out, there was so much focus on getting Elijah Moore the ball when they're both in, they're just kind of eating each other's targets and they're both be just washing themselves out. So until like they make the conscious effort to target the rookie or they make the conscious effort to try to get the ball to the veteran again, I don't like playing any of their wide receivers, even though Miami is not a bad matchup for wide receivers. I agree with you, George. I mean, look, if you're a, a Cooper Cup owner or you know, maybe you're a Jerry Judy owner and you've been starting him, uh, if you're really looking for a receiver to start this week, Elijah Moore, you could definitely do worse. He's going to get enough mm-hmm. playing time that he should be able to get you some value. But I agree with you, George. I think his upside is pretty limited. 
uh, especially because I, I think last week was a little bit of a fluke, but I do think that you got to take into account that Lamar Jackson couldn't find anything against this Dolphins defense. And now we're just going to kind of expect the Jets to suddenly do it. Uh, Joe Flacco to do it. Yeah, it's going to be hard. So I would try to shy away from this matchup. Uh, let's keep this moving, though. We got the next game is Washington football team and Carolina Panthers. Uh, George, why don't you uh, take it away with some of the starters in this game? Let's say this is a heck of a revenge game here with uh, Ron Rivera traveling back to Carolina. The first potential start for Cam Newton back in Carolina for Carolina. I mean, that's not the way we expected it to happen, but a lot of interesting storylines in this game. Yeah, but, don't forget uh, Taylor Heineke. He was the, that's true too. Taylor Heineke revenge game for years, and now he is playing against Cam Newton. A lot of interesting stuff going on here. Um, I can start with the Carolina side because Cam Newton's got to be a big name. He was one of the most added quarterbacks in free agency this week, going against the Washington defense, which has not been as good as last year, and just lost a key star in Chase Young for the season. I part of me is feeling like there's a momentum going here that Cam Newton's not a bad play this week because there's going to be so much emotion that you see revenge games all the time happen where, you know, players go off and that's the only good game they've had all season. Even though Carolina was where Cam was going against Ron Rivera, he's got to view it as a revenge game because Ron Rivera is a big reason why he left Carolina to start with. I kind of feel like I like the stream of Cam Newton this week because of all the emotion and the fact that Washington's defense is all beat up and depleted. What do you think? Yeah, I think this week is a good time to use Cam Newton. Uh, I think the offense is definitely running through Cam Newton right now. They want to get him involved. They want to prove that he is the guy. Um, But worth noting, I know the trade deadline is coming up in most leagues if it didn't already pass in your league. But Cam Newton should be a trade high candidate if he performs well this week. It's hard to trade a guy who just came off the waiver wire for a lot, but you might get something out of him. Man, I wish Cody was here because I got to bring this up. Last season, Cam Newton came out in week one and everyone was like, I don't know what to expect from Cam Newton. I don't know what to expect from him. Week one, he absolutely dominated he just set the world on fire he put up big points and it looked like cam newton was back uh and then cody and i completed a trade where he had this receiver who didn't really do too well in week one so he traded him to me for cam newton straight up his name's um uh what is it again it's uh oh stefan diggs yeah he traded me stefan diggs for cam newton straight up and uh i ended up beating him in the fantasy championship because stefan diggs went off and cam newton was droppable on his team so uh, i gotta bring that up but I, I say this not to pick on cody but because cam newton came out last season week one set the world on fire and then fell off and showed that he is really past this prime he showed that he was looking really good last week he might even show it again this week but don't trust cam newton long term he is still the same cam newton you saw struggle last year he's not going to suddenly be magically better uh, so tread lightly with him moving forward. Definitely, but sticking with this week, if I'm on the Cam Newton train, I feel like I have to be on the DJ Moore train and somebody who I'm watching extremely closely, probably not starting, but thinking about adding or keeping as a stash, Robbie Anderson. 
Cam Newton threw one touchdown pass last week and it was to Robbie Anderson. And it almost looked like Robbie Anderson was like in shock. Like I did a thing (laughs) because we all thought the same thing. Well, that helps nobody anymore. If that would have done that week one, how many people started Robbie Anderson? He's on the waiver wire everywhere now. And there's a chance even if Cam Newton falls off, Robbie Anderson becomes a relevant fantasy player again. So keeping a very close eye on him, but probably not starting him this week. Yeah, you got to stash Robbie Anderson if he's available. (laughs) Um, I think that Cam Newton and Robbie Anderson have a clear connection. I feel like Darnold had a better connection with DJ more than Cam Newton might, but I think that Cam Newton being able to actually move the ball might help DJ more, like you said. Um, So definitely worth keeping an eye on, but As far as this Washington football team, Antonio Gibson has been up and down. I never know when to trust him. When I say bench him, he goes off. When I say start him, he sucks. Uh, He's very questionable. I think the Panthers defense is better than people give him credit, but I think you can still roll with Antonio Gibson this week. You should be okay. Terry McLaurin has also been very disappointing this season, Um, but I think he's another guy you can go ahead and roll with this week. If you have a guy like McLaurin, it's really hard to bench him ever. Um, so I think you got to roll with that him. Issue. But man, after Gibson and McLaurin, is there any Washington people you're starting? Probably not. I mean, I'm still watching the Logan Thomas news. He's got to be back sometime soon or he's going to revert back to season ending injured reserve. He's somebody that I think is a plug and play once he does come back from injured reserve. He's the only other person I would think of. Let me also say, uh, former guest on the show, friend of the show, Marcus, every time he benches Antonio Gibson in our league of record, he goes off. So maybe we'll have to add to our Twitter. What is Marcus doing with Antonio Gibson? And if we say he's benching him, go ahead and start him because he goes off every time he's on his bench. Absolutely. Could not agree <laughs> with you more there, George. Uh, we will definitely have to get in touch with Marcus and uh, tweet that out there. I don't know if he'll like that or not, but hey, he probably will. Um <laughs> Moving on to the next matchup, I think it's a good defensive matchup, but I'm sure every time there's a good defensive matchup, it ends up being big points for some reason. So we got the Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, The Bills, man, they looked bad against the Titans. They looked really bad against the Jags. And then they come out and dominate the Jets, and everyone's like, yeah, Bills are back. Best team in the AFC. Well, they beat the Jets like – I know that's something the Titans couldn't do, but that they still beat the Jets. Like it's nothing super impressive. They did put up big points, but the Indianapolis Colts are not the Jets. They mm-hmm. have a much better defense. Yes, Carson Wentz is bound to make a mistake at some point to turn the game over, but uh the defense is still much, much better than the Jets. So tamper your expectations. Don't expect that massive game you just got from Stefan Diggs. Don't expect the massive game you got from Josh Allen. Um the running backs, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I mean, at one point it was a single Terry season, at one point it's a Moss season. Now it's apparently a Matt Breda season. I don't know what's happening. So uh don't start a Bills running back unless you have to, personally. Um Dawson Knox is still a solid play if you have him, but I think you're still going to get some good play out of the Bills. You're still going to Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders remain like borderline flex plays depending on where you're at. But uh, all I can say, again, is tamper your expectations. Don't expect it to be a blowout like last week. 
I just think the bills are super interesting because normally we see like, I'm just going to go back to like, normally like a, a Deshaun Jackson used to be, he'd get you one point or he'd get you 25. The bills as a team are that like either everybody's going off or nobody's going off. I don't understand. Like there, so no one's really safe, but you just got to hope that they go off more than they don't. So I would definitely stick with your studs with Josh Allen and the Stephon Diggs, the Dawson Knox. You can think about flexing Emmanuel Sanders and Colby's like you said, but definitely text to temper your expectations. I think that can transition us into the Colts side because there's a very interesting matchup here with Jonathan Taylor, who is the number one fantasy running back. Now this year, he finally passed Derrick Henry in fantasy points going against the number one rush defense in the league in the bills. Is there any concern at all? You're definitely better not bench him, but should you temper your expectations for Jonathan Taylor? I would say temper your expectations a little bit. This might not be one of his biggest weeks, but the Colts want to run their offense through Taylor. If he's not running the ball, he's catching the ball. So he's going to get his volume. He's going to get his time. And I think the Colts are just trying to, prove that Jonathan Taylor is a better running back than Derrick Henry at this point because every week the Colts have to post the stats of uh oh yeah he has the same yards but he has this many less carries that's not the point that doesn't make you a better running back uh, but that's an argument for another time um I think Taylor's still gonna find his he's still probably gonna get at least one touchdown in this game he's still gonna get his yards I think you're still Feeling pretty comfortable with Jonathan Taylor. Just don't expect it to be one of his huge games like we've seen recently. Definitely could see that. And then another guy who's now a mainstay in your lineup is Michael Pittman. Don't think about pulling him out even in this matchup. I got to talk about two other guys. Carson Wentz. I know I'm definitely not starting Carson Wentz. Would you think about any kind of thing there? And then T.Y. Hilton is another fringe wide receiver. He's a boomer bust guy. Would you think about anything against a tough matchup? Uh, as far as Carson Wentz, like he's been very consistent. He's getting you 15 to 17 every week. He's never getting you in the twenties, but he's also never getting you below 10. Um, we've seen Josh Allen get you below 10. We've seen Lamar Jackson. We've seen Patrick Mahomes. Like we've seen your biggest quarterbacks get below 10 and Wentz really doesn't do that. Uh, he gets you 15 to 17 every week, but this might be his time that he gets below 10. This might be the time where he really struggles. Um, so I'm not starting Wentz unless I really have to. Um, and honestly, we're only missing two quarterbacks on by possibly three. If Lamar Jackson can't go with his illness, it's definitely worth monitoring, but I don't think you have to start Carson Wentz this week, most likely. And if you don't have to don't start him. And as far as T Y Hilton, I'm not putting him in my lineup until I see him fully healthy, complete an entire game and be heavily targeted. Uh, as of right now, I have no trust and T.Y. Hilton. I'm with you on both of those. I think that can move us on then to our next game and someone I want to go to bat for. We got the Detroit Lions at the Cleveland Browns. You went to bat for Mike Gesicki earlier in this show, a tight end who has been pretty good, had seven targets, no catches. I want to come to bat for T.J. Hawkinson because I feel like because he's on the Lions, he immediately loses all credibility no one was complaining about TJ Hawkinson the previous three weeks when he had 11, nine and 11 targets, he was putting up 10 plus fantasy points for your fantasy team. He puts up a zero last week, which you got to expect number one out of tight ends and number two out of lions. And immediately everyone's off the TJ Hawkinson train. We have to remember this guy is a top seven fantasy tight end. 
people with his skill set don't come around too often. Don't oversell on TJ Hawkinson. If he's someone you have on your team, he's going to win you weeks. He's going to get you zeros and you hope they don't lose you weeks. It's just how it's going to go. He's probably going to do better than the average tight end. 75% of the games, you just have to roll with it and take the L when you have to. Yeah. The issue with Hawkinson is not see with Gasecki, he got zero, but he had seven targets. Hawkinson only had one against Pittsburgh, uh, which is definitely concerning. However, in the three weeks before the bye, he had 11 targets against Cincinnati, nine targets against LA, and then 11 targets against Philly. He's getting the volume. Uh, the other thing you have to look at, uh, which if you remember last week, I said, I don't like Hawkinson this week. Like I know Hawkinson has been consistent and solid, but I don't like him. I wouldn't play him. Uh, and I was right this week. I'm playing him. Uh, another big reason why I'm playing him is because you have to look at the quarterback situation. Jared Goff might not play. Uh, he's dealing with an issue. They're talking about potential backup quarterbacks. Now I understand that might mean the offense doesn't run as smoothly, but I don't care who's playing quarterback. They're going to throw the ball and, I'm a big believer in whenever you have a backup quarterback come in or a rookie, mainly backups, they don't like airing it out to the deep ball threat. Uh, Khalif Raymond probably isn't going to have a huge big game. They like that safe check down. Don't make a mistake guy. And that is going to be Hawkinson. Hawkinson is going to be the trusty, dependable guy that they're going to go to whenever they need to throw the ball. Hawkinson could have a really big week this week. Um, I'm trusting him. I'm putting him in my lineup. And another person whose outlook I like is DeAndre Swift because we know that he also catches a lot of short passes out of the backfield. The Lions like to use them that way. And it doesn't matter if they're up or down in a game. Swift's getting touches one way or another. So he's another person. He think they're the only two Lions that I would trust to have in my lineup pretty much any given week, but especially this week. Yeah, I'm not starting any of the Lions in that. I agree with you. Uh, on the Browns side, I'm not starting Baker. If he plays, mm -mm. Uh, he's never healthy enough to make it through a full game. Uh, I'm not starting Jarvis Landry until I see more out of him. I don't trust him anymore. I'm not starting Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'm not starting any of those tight ends. Uh, the Browns are supposed to be this powerhouse offense, and their offense can put up big points. But really, the only person you're trusting in that Browns offense at this point is the running backs. If Nick Chubb is good to go, you're playing Nick Chubb. If he's not playing, you're playing dearness johnson um if chubb does go i might even still play dearness johnson if you're struggling at flex if you're missing some players he might still be worth playing i mean look what kareem hunt does even when chubb's in there um but for the most part only browns i'm starting are those running backs agree it's like you took the words right out of my mouth and i will say before we move on here not a lot of news on Chubb, but there was something that came out on Thursday that said he is trending toward playing this weekend. If he had to go into a 10-day protocol, his 10 days is Friday. So he even has an extra day in there than someone like an Aaron Rodgers did last week for him to get back into the lineup. It is looking good for Nick Chubb, but we'll keep you updated with all that news. Moving on then to the San Francisco 49ers traveling to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off here. We're starting Debo. It's a good matchup. Do you start Ayuk too? Man, I don't know. Like <laughs> Debo's the guy. He's just yep. Debo's the one they want to run that team through. 
They when they throw the ball, they throw it to Debo. When they run the ball, they're even running it with Debo, which uh, you know firsthand how mad I was this past week as an Elijah Mitchell owner wanting to beat you in a league, and they just kept running the ball with Debo. And I'm like, what are you doing? Um, it worked out in the end, but Debo gave you some drama. He definitely did, and Debo beat me in another <laughs> league. I needed Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson to outscore Debo, and it didn't work. Uh, I It's mind-blowing. But <laughs> I think Cooper Cup had a good game. I know, but Debo had a great one. Um <laughs> I, if you are in flex hell and can't find anybody to start, you could do worse than Ayuk. But if you have depth and you have consistent players that have been putting up points, I'm not trying to force Ayuk into my lineup. I think that's about where I'm at with him right now. That's a good way to put it. I was forced to put him in a lineup and, and actually the game that I, you were playing me with Elijah Mitchell and it didn't work out for me because he only got about four fantasy points. Um, worth noting about Elijah Mitchell as well. He broke his finger, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. If he doesn't go, we're probably looking at Jeff Wilson or Jermichael Hasty or both. We don't really know. I think Jeff Wilson was the guy in the game behind Elijah Mitchell last week so he's the most likely for the rushes and he is the one who is a coaching staff favorite I would think about starting him if there is no Elijah Mitchell this week I know 49ers running backs are a frustration but I am even more bullish on this if I have Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell doesn't go Jeff Wilson's in my lineup like, I'm super okay. confident in that. I think he is definitely a coaching staff favorite. I don't think they like Trey Sermon at all. I think they drafted him just to be like, now you get to sit on the bench. We hate you. Um, I don't think they like him at all. I don't think Jermichael Hasty really demands playing time. I don't think he has that kind of skill set. I think if Mitchell's even in, Wilson's still getting carries. So if Mitchell's out, put Wilson in your lineup, definitely. Okay. Good to talk about that there. We can move on to the Jaguar side. I'm a little bit on the fence with James Robinson this week. It's not the worst matchup. It's not the best. I don't know if it's just because like I still keep getting hit every once in a while with a whiff of Jaguars when I look at James Robinson, but you probably can't bench him. Can you kind of like talk me back into definitely why you should start James Robinson? Because what else do they have? <laughs> I mean, Marvin. Well, Jones hey, they got me. OK, isn't... good. <laughs> Marvin Jones hasn't really been consistent. Um, he's just okay. They don't have the big play receiver in DJ Chark uh, this season with him on IR. Uh, they don't. They just really don't have much on offense. I mean, nobody is really blowing me away on this Jags offense. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is at a point yet where you can just put the whole game on his back and let him own the offense. Uh, I think he's shown flashes, but he's definitely not there yet. So the offense has to go through the run game. So if James Robinson's healthy, he's going to be the guy that they're going to use. And I don't think the 49ers, just like I was saying with other games, I don't think the 49ers are that blow you away offense. So I think they are going to, they're going to put up points, but I don't think they're going to put up so many points. Like we saw this past week that they have to just abandon the run game. Um, and honestly, the Jags are so bad, they don't really have the option to abandon the run game. They just have to stick with it because it's all they got. So, yeah, I'm still starting James Robinson if I have him. Just be cautious because injuries can linger. So, James Robinson and Dan the Man Arnold. 
the two guys from the Jaguars you could you should uh probably play. I mean Arnold's a dart throw, but I just like mentioning his name on every podcast. We can move on then to the Houston Texans traveling to the Tennessee Titans. And I know there's a Titan wide receiver that you like as a potential fill-in for some of these guys on bye. So I'll let you talk first about them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, AJ Brown is the number one receiver for the Titans and it's obvious, but he's getting double triple covered because they don't have Derrick Henry. They don't have Julio Jones. It's kind of take attention away. So the Titans need that number two guy. And I thought it was going to be Nick Westbrook, Akina being the guy that would step up and take it. Uh, the rookie fourth rounder is on the active roster. Des Fitzpatrick, he was starting to get some looks, but look, all of the attention is going to Marcus Johnson, former Colts receiver, um, former undrafted receiver, receiver, former Eagles receiver, 27 year old (laughs) undrafted wide receiver. Marcus Johnson is looking like the number two receiver on the best team in the NFL right now. Um, and it's crazy. Uh, yes, he only had five catches and he only had five targets last week. Um, and his targets have been up and down the past few weeks. But the thing to note is every single drive the Titans scored points on this past week, Marcus Johnson had a catch on that drive. Um, the Titans were in That's three really key situations where they needed a first down on third down. They didn't go to AJ. They didn't go to one of their tight ends. All three of those key third downs, they threw to Marcus Johnson. Uh He's the guy that they are relying on in the big situations. So he's a guy that, I I mean, look, you're still going to be concerned about starting him because you never know what to expect from this Titans offense, but they're playing the Texans. They should, should be able to put up big (laughs) points and big points quickly. If you have Marcus Johnson and you're in flex hell, he's a guy worth looking at. He could potentially put up some really big points this week. And then a guy I want to mention would have to be Dante Foreman because it's worth noting that Jeremy McNichols, there's a chance he doesn't play this week. He's dealing with an injury. Adrian Peterson's been all right, but I think he's more a name at this point than an actual super effective football player. Dante Foreman has been as impressive in this stint with the Titans and as he has been in his entire career because he hasn't seen many chances and hasn't been super effective. He's looked okay. And with the Titans only having probably two starting running, there's two running backs on their roster coming into Sunday. He could be a guy to get enough volume to really give you a boost in fantasy. Yeah. I mean, you need to think about the fact that uh, we often say that players are going to have big games when they're in a revenge game. Dante Foreman's in a revenge game. We can't forget that this dude was a third round pick for the Texans and he was supposed to be not only their starter, but he was supposed to be their franchise guy. This was the guy that they were saying was so talented that they could just roll with him for years to come. Um, had some off the field issues and just like NFL teams do the second, there's a hint of trouble. They just cut ties with a guy and let him go. And Foreman has struggled to find his way back. He played, his first time back last season with the Titans looked good in his short stint. Um, and now he's really looking like he's ready to take on a much bigger role in the absence of Derrick Henry. Yes, he was a former third round pick, cut, missed time, but this isn't some old dude that's coming back. He's 25. Dante Foreman's only 25, and he's a former third round pick, potential franchise starting running back. Like this guy has the talent. And it looks like the Titans want to run through him and not AP. 
this could be a really big revenge game for him. I could definitely see him getting at least one score just as an F you to the Texans. Uh, look for him to potentially have a good game here. Definitely. And I know I added him in our league of record and dropped Adrian Peterson. So that just shows how confident I am in that switch. Moving on to the Texans side. Yep. Brandon Cooks. Yep. Brandon Cooks. All right. Let's it. move on to the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> really, I do. I feel bad that we don't talk about the Texans on this show that much, but it's literally Brandon Cooks. <laughs> Man, I felt bad a couple weeks ago. Um, my girlfriend plays fantasy and she was struggling because she had Aaron Rodgers missing time with uh, COVID. And she also had Russell Wilson and he was on IR and like all of her quarterbacks are falling and all the free agent quarterbacks were just getting stolen. And she's like, I don't know who to pick up. I don't know who to start. Everybody's terrible. I told her to pick up Tyrod Taylor and start him. I was like, he played so well in the beginning of the season. He's back now. Like, this is a guy you can start, and boy, did he put up a dud. I think he threw, like, four picks. It was not good. So, uh, not Tyrod Taylor. Honestly, look, guys, I don't trust the running backs, the receivers, nothing. If you have – if you're going to start any Texans player, it's Brandon Cooks, and that's about it. Yep. That's true. But that's – I don't know if he got negatives that week, but it's almost not as bad as me telling telling my girlfriend to start Matt Ryan last week when he put up, like – I think it was negative point three. So <laughs> I started Mike White in the league last week who put up who threw four interceptions. So, I mean, it just last week was not a good week for quarterbacks. Let's just say that. Um, and yes, I was that desperate that I needed to start Mike White uh, there. It's like 16 team league. It's shouldn't be in it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings. It is a divisional game, which always makes me nervous because divisional games can go anyway. Um, but. Look, if you got Rodgers, if you got Adams, you're putting them in your lineup. Rodgers hasn't been the consistent quarterback this year that we've expected him to be and that we've seen from him in the past. And it looks like when they get into the red zone, they want to run the ball and they don't want to throw it. Um, A.J. Dillon is a huge play this week. If Just like Mark Ingram, if you have A.J. Dillon, you're starting him. I don't care who you got. You're putting him in your lineup. Um but yeah, George, how confident do you feel playing Aaron Rodgers as your fantasy quarterback? I mean, there's probably about 12 guys I feel more confident in than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's a good chance that one team in your league owns two of those guys or whatever. Like example, two of those guys are Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. I own both of them in a league. But like, so like you're probably going to end up in a chance where you're going to have to play Rodgers because, you know, there's potential there and there's not many better options on the free agent market. But if you are one of those teams that has one of those fringe guys like a Joe Burrow, I'd rather play him. So evaluate your options. If you have any questions about who to play at quarterback, ask us. But it's not a slam dunk play Aaron Rodgers anymore. He's a borderline QB one, QB two at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you, George. I just don't trust him. Um, outside of A.J. Dillon, Devontae Adams, which he apparently has a shoulder injury, I would monitor that. But outside of those three, I'm not really starting any Packers either. Uh, their offense looked bad last week. It looked like Rodgers was a little out of sorts after missing a week and not practicing. Um, so that's about it. On the Vikings side, you're obviously starting Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Uh, is are you starting Tyler Conklin? Do you trust this guy yet? 
I just hate the touchdown dependency. I think I talked about this on Tuesday with when we were in the talking waiver wire. He's basically Kyle Rudolph, and I hated playing Kyle Rudolph because he's going to get two catches a game. But there's a good chance that one of those catches is a touchdown. Are you just going to happen to hit that week where he scores the touchdown? And I don't think we're really missing too big of tight ends on buys this week. I mean, Noah Fant, he's probably guys in your lineup most weeks. Higby is, eh, but yeah. I mean, I I probably would still try to shy away. I like some of the other options on the dartboard that get more targets consistently. But if you're one of those people that's confident that Coughlin's getting a touchdown or two this week, you could go worse. He's scored so many touchdowns that, yeah, there definitely is a chance he gets you a decent game at tight end. It's literally a dart throw. Yeah, I mean, and I don't really think there's any other Vikings you play afterwards. Like I said, Jefferson, Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. Uh, if you really need a quarterback, you could do worse than Kirk Cousins, but he's still not a thrilling quarterback, which is just funny. Cousins because... and Rodgers between the two, I'd rather play Rodgers. I think that's a good way to mention because Cousins is probably available in some leagues. It's just funny to me because you think about it and it's like you have to start Justin Jefferson. He's this big play threat. You have to start Adam Thielen. You could potentially play Tyler Conklin with all the touchdowns. And Dalvin Cook's a good pass catcher, too. It's like, but the guy throwing the ball to all of these guys, you're like, yeah, I'm not playing him, though. It's just it's a weird dynamic. Um, But look, we're both in the same boat there. Uh, Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the next game, which I think is a trap game. Uh. It's going to be less of a trap game if Lamar misses. It's going to be more obvious that it could go either way. Um, But I think the Baltimore Ravens could potentially lose to the Chicago Bears this week. I think the Bears are on the upswing. I think Fields is really taking a step forward. Allen Robinson has finally got a connection with Fields if he's healthy enough to go. Uh, We have... David Montgomery is averaging five yards a carry against one of the best run defenses in the league. Uh, last time he played against the Steelers. Look, the Bears offense is starting to click and the Bears defense has always been good. Not fantastic, but it's always been good. Uh, so Baltimore Ravens, potentially a sick Lamar who hasn't been practicing. Look what Dak looked like after not practicing. Look what Aaron Rodgers looked like after not practicing. Look what Russell Wilson looked like after not practicing. Uh, These are great quarterbacks that when they don't practice, they don't look fantastic. Um, So Lamar not practicing with this illness, it's a potential trap game. I would definitely watch this one closely. Definitely. I'll start breaking down the Bears side a little bit first. Um, I like Justin Fields this week. I don't know what it is. I think he is starting to come around to his own. I think Cody was also mentioning how he liked Fields this week. He's kind of growing on all of us, I guess. Um, Allen Robinson, if you're in flex hell, maybe. I feel like sick almost saying to even think about starting Allen Robinson just because of how toxic he has been to your fantasy lineup this year. But he was finally starting to get involved. I saw him run a route more than 10 yards. Like, have you seen that? Like, I almost screamed like a little girl when I saw him run a route more than 10 yards. They're finally giving him <laughs> opportunities, which is huge. And, and I think yeah. it also really helps that Darnell Mooney looks really good also. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's no longer just focus on Allen Robinson and shut him down. Now it's focus on Allen Robinson 
and Darnell Mooney, and we have to watch the run game. So I think it's opening up a lot in that passing game, and it's really going to help Allen Robinson take a step forward. But maybe it's because I like this guy too. Another guy who started to show a flash is Cole Komet. I saw in the preseason Justin Fields and Cole Komet hooking up every other play, and I was all in. And then Justin Fields looked flat as he came in at quarterback this year. Now that he's starting to come around, so is Cole Komet. So I'm not saying start him this week, but he could be a potential dartboard ad in future weeks. And then the other thing I want to mention before we move to the Ravens side is um, David Montgomery is somebody who should be high on your buy list. Number one, he's just coming back from the injury. He might not have his full value yet. Number two, his schedule for the rest of the season is pretty much a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. He's got, I think, two tough matchups left. Uh, he's got Arizona and Minnesota are the only two tough matchups left. Green Bay in there as well, but I don't think Green Bay is super great against the run game for fantasy's sake. Um, his last two games of the fantasy playoffs are against Seattle, who's been bad on defense against the run game, and New York Giants, again, awful. He's somebody you should try to buy in your leagues because I remember last year he was a league winner. This year, I could see a complete repeat. Yeah, and the other thing to think about is a lot of these running backs that we talk about playing, they end up losing value because they have a second running back that takes touches, where Khalil Herbert had looked really, really good while Montgomery was out. But once Montgomery was back, Herbert was nowhere to be seen. It's still (laughs) the Montgomery show. They still wanted to run through him. And with that pass game opening things up, they can't just stack the box against Montgomery anymore. Montgomery is probably one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL and definitely one of the biggest underrated running backs in fantasy. I agree 1000% go buy Montgomery start Montgomery. If you have been waiting this time for him, it's time for you to start making a comeback. Uh, Expect big things. But let's jump over to the Ravens side. It's so much bears talk. I feel like I'm going to get a headache um, <laughs> on the Ravens side. You're definitely starting Mark Andrews. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're confident enough at this point that you're definitely starting Marquise Brown. Um, mm-hmm. And Lamar is an obvious play, but I, I know you like Rashad Bateman a lot. I know he's a potential flex play for you. Um, but I'm more interested in the running back situation, potential return of Latavius Murray. Um, but we have seen a hot Devonte Freeman. Who are you starting? Are you starting either of them? What, what's your value here? I mean, if I had to pick one of the group, it would have to be Devonte Freeman because I feel like he's been the most effective of the group. He's the one who deserves the lead back carries, even with Murray coming back. But Murray coming back concerns me because it is another, again, lead back back in the room. They could decide to give him the carries. It could end up being a split of like eight, eight and six or whatever. I guess Le'Veon Bell was actually cut this week, but we could see Tyson Williams come back and then get a couple carries. It's not like you're down to two backs. Um, I'm trying to avoid it. If I had to pick, I'd pick Freeman with low confidence. Um, yep. It's also worth noting, if you were thinking about flexing Bateman, he has the same illness as Lamar, I'm pretty sure. He missed practice Thursday. So he's probably someone that's out of my flex conversation, and it's all in on Hollywood Brown this week. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I find it really funny <laughs> that it wasn't that long ago that we were 
we weren't just debating. We were legit arguing over which running back mm-hmm. in the Baltimore Ravens offense was going to be the guy. Uh, I know one of us said Latavius Murray. One of us said Le'Veon Bell. And the other one said it's got to be Tyson Williams. And we argued so hard. And now after all of this, <laughs> yep. it's Devontae Freeman. It's so <laughs> annoying. Like, this is why I don't like the Ravens. Um, but that's it for our one o'clock games. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and move on to our four o'clock games. Uh, by this point on Sunday, the Titans won again, and they maintain the number one spot in the NFL. We had another um, couch GM sweep also. Let's just say that. Let's say that. Let's say that. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, so we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Las Vegas Raiders. Hoorah. What an exciting game. Um, <laughs> the Bengals, you're starting Joe Mixon. You like Joey Burrow. Um, Jamar Chase is an obvious start, but... Are you starting Higgins? Are you starting Tyler Boyd? Are you starting CJ Uzama? I know Cody's all in on Evan McPherson, which is saying a lot because Cody hates kickers. So that's worth noting. Um, Yeah, it is definitely worth noting that Cody said, if I'm going to pick up a kicker in our league of record because I hate kickers, I'm picking up Evan McPherson because I like him so much. So take that how you'd like. I don't think I would pick up Evan McPherson, but do whatever you want with kickers. It's not going to kill you, I don't think. Um. When it goes to the wide receiver talk, uh, take your pick, throw your dart. I mean, you could make arguments to play either Tyler Boyd or T Higgins in your flex. I probably lean slightly towards Higgins. I think this is a match that the Bengals should score points. There's a chance that all three of them are relevant. And then when it goes to CJ Uzama, he is a Tyler Conklin or a Kyle Rudolph. In my opinion, he's such a, boom or bust he's either gonna catch a 60 yard touchdown or he's gonna get no catches and i hate that you already heard me say it so feel free to throw him on your dartboard but i think i would rather go for a dartboard option that gets more consistent points i agree with you there george um you know one of the more frustrating guys this year has been josh jacobs moving on to the Raiders side. But I feel like if you have Josh Jacobs, unless you are really stacked, you're probably still starting him. You probably don't have the people able to just bench him. So Josh Jacobs is in my lineup. Uh, Darren Waller, again, another frustrating guy. Um, He's been boomer bust this year, which we hate to see. Um, But after that, we need to talk receivers. We know what happened with Henry Ruggs. He's out. Um, we have Deshaun Jackson there now. He had the one really big play and then just handed the ball over to the other team when in one of the weirdest plays I've ever seen. It was strange. Um, started I feel like I've seen Deshaun Jackson himself do that twice in his career. So, Pretty much. <laughs> we have Hunter Renfro, who is worth looking at. We have Brian Edwards, who's worth looking at. Uh, there's a lot of receivers that are this close to being a solid fantasy starter, but none of them are really taking that leap to solidify that spot. So if you have to take a, a chance knowing that, you know, people need flexes this week, which Raiders receivers would you be willing to flex this week? Well, Hunter Renfro is no doubt the safest option. He's somebody who I'm debating flexing on a normal week at this point, just because I feel like he's getting enough volume to have that chance. outside of that it's it's tough I don't want to say a Deshaun Jackson because Deshaun Jackson just went in there and 
He's always been the boomer bust receiver. I don't like starting that kind of guy. I guess it has to be Brian Edwards. I was a little bit excited that they targeted Brian Edwards before the fourth quarter, but I'm still not confident of that either. Like then after I say that, I'm like, but Deshaun Jackson has a better chance of scoring a bigger play, scoring on a big play. My mind is fighting itself. I'm going to lock in Brian Edwards, but would rather see someone else. I think Deshaun Jackson's going to be the same guy you've seen most of his career after the Eagles. He's going to have you two, maybe three catches in a game. Uh, they're going to target him deep at least twice a game, uh, but he's not going to be a heavy volume guy. He's not going to have much more than that. So uh, it's all dependent on if he catches those big ones and if those big ones go for touchdowns. Um, otherwise, not a whole lot of Raiders are going for. Uh, Daniel Carson's the best kicker in the league right now. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Not fantasy wise, but. Uh, Talent-wise, I love Daniel Carlson. Uh, moving on to the next game, we got the Arizona Cardinals, Skettle Seahawks. Um, obviously, you got to monitor if Kyler and D-Hop are going to play. That's been kind of a questionable thing these last couple of weeks. I know things are trending towards the right direction this week, but we don't know. Um, James Conner looked awesome two weeks ago, did nothing last week. Do we trust James Conner? Uh, the matchup is better this week. I know it's a divisional game, but Seattle's defense has not been great against the running back. I think I would go back to playing James Conner this week, especially because you're looking for a fill in for those two Denver backs and for Daryl Henderson. I would like him as I like him as an option this week. I've heard some questions of do you give Kyler a week after after this missing time or do you give D hop a week after he's missed time? I just think because of how good they are, you have to play them if they're in the lineup, but temper expectations. If you get an 18-point game out of Kyler and a 10-point game out of D-Hop, take it as a victory. But because there's the chance that they put up 30 and 25, you have to play them. Because they also are coming off rest. I don't know if they're going to be 100%, but if they are close to 100%, that just watch out. You know, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think that, you know, added to the tight end dartboard, Zach Ertz is definitely more of a solid option than he has been in the past. Um, Yes, he's really finding a groove there in Arizona, and I can't wait to see what he does when Kyler is back in full. Uh, moving on to the other side of the ball, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, look, they have talent. I mean, Wilson's good. Metcalf's good. Uh, Lockett's good. Carson could be back. He might not worth monitoring, but like, man, the Seahawks looked bad last week. Are, do you think Wilson shakes off the rust and these guys are, you know, worth starting again or are you kind of tampering expectations and maybe even holding them on your bench for now until you see more out of them i'm gonna follow this question up eventually with a, um, a lineup question for you um i'm gonna start with dk i think has to be somebody that's in your lineup all the time he's been the most consistent regardless of quarterback he's someone that's a lock russell wilson I think with another week of practice now in his hand, getting more strength, I think he's going to come around and there's always the rushing ability where I would rather play him than a Kirk cousins because there's a chance that Russell Wilson breaks a couple long runs, runs for 50 yards. It's a bonus five points for your fantasy team. Maybe scores a rushing touchdown. Give that a bonus two points over a passing touchdown. He's already on a good quarterback week just because of the whole rushing quarterback thing. Russell Wilson, I think has to be in your lineup because of the threat. Tyler Lockett is making me rip my hair out. 
<laughs> and that's where I'm going to come to here. So I had a, I was in running back hell in our league of record last week, but now I'm back to a situation where I have Joe Mixon back and I'm probably getting Nick Chubb back. That makes my flex options. Michael Carter versus Miami or Tyler Lockett versus Arizona. Where would you go in that situation? Knowing the boomer bust of Tyler Lockett and how many carries Michael Carter has been getting. I think Michael Carter is going to be your safer pick. He is the one that's guaranteed to get stats, but he's going to be guaranteed to get between 8 to 12, I would say, a potential for more like 14. I don't see a massive week out of him, but I see good enough that he will be a decent starter for you. I think Tyler Lockett could get you two. He could get you 30. So I think it's uh, this is going to be kind of a cop-out answer, but... I think it has to depend on what situation you're in. If you are a, like, I know where you're at in the league of records, so I can give you an answer. But if you are in a position where you are in, you know, top three team, you're just trying to hold on to a playoff spot, play the safe pick, play Michael Carter, make sure you get those points, make the other team have to beat you. Don't hand them a free win over your guys getting two. If you are, on the outside looking in, you are a bottom four team and you are trying your best to get into this playoffs and you need that boom week to make your bad team look good and give you that upset win, you got to go lock it. Lock it's the guy that can get you the 30 and I know that you're in that position. So in your spot, I'm going Tyler Lockett. Go for the boom potential. Okay. So I think that pretty much wraps up the Seahawks. A lot of boomer bust over there. Um, uh, we can move on then on to the our Seahawks last. Oh, is, okay, go ahead. I love the fact that DK Metcalf uses a binky instead of a uh, mouthpiece because he acts like an absolute baby. I don't know what he's doing. He's in his own head. He's got to stop fighting, coloring his hair weird colors, and just focus on actually playing football for a change because he is not the DK Metcalf I remember. Uh, but he is 100% a baby, and I'll say that to his giant overgrown face too uh he can come here and i will probably cry but that's not the point um we'll post that video on our twitter no <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to say that i'm just getting frustrated with dk every week it seems like something else he's more worried about extracurriculars and he's like i, I love a guy who's emotionally invested in his game but he needs to just focus on football right now because the seahawks are not where they need to be there, he's not in a position where he can be getting thrown out of games, even if they're out of the game. He's not in a position where he can be focusing on trying to fight and everything else. He needs to just focus on playing the game properly and getting the Seahawks back to a winning team because right now they're on the outside. They might not get in. Um, but that's my little rant. It's over. Uh, moving on to a game where you are probably betting the over. Uh, two high-scoring <laughs> yeah. offenses. We got the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, I'm actually excited. Start for this everybody. Game. This is going to be a shootout, and I love it. Uh, I feel like it's going to be like a 45 to 40 game, but it would probably means it's going to be like 17 to seven. Uh, usually, how it works. So we but... don't start Michael Gallup and Josh Gordon, and no, probably not. Um, oh, okay. Look, I think on the Cowboys side, it's obvious you're starting Dak, you're starting Zeke, you're starting Cooper, most likely. Um, CD Lamb is a must start at this point. Dalton Schultz it is one of the higher ups on the tight end dartboard. Um, but that is my question. Michael Gallup, 
George? Where do you trust him to start him yet? Or are you sticking with the other guys? I still think even though there was a bad week out of Dalton Schultz last week, I ranked Dalton Schultz on the Cowboys offensive priority higher than Michael Gallup. And I'm a big advocate of too many cooks. I don't care if they put up 45 points. The only team that I trust starting five skill position players outside of the running back position is the Bills. It's not the Cowboys. So I'm sitting Michael Gallup because I don't like the fact that he probably could get one target. There's just a chance he gets one target. I'd rather start Dalton Schultz and the other group and just stay away from Michael Gallup. But Michael Gallup is a great hold if you're in a situation where you have one of the other Cowboys receivers or you have somebody like that's sketchy and you might want to play one of them if there's an injury to one of the other receivers in that offense. Yeah, I agree with you, George. Um, he just it makes me nervous because I hate having so many mouths to feed. Um Mm-hmm. Zeke has been frustrating because like he puts up good points every week, but you always have Pollard that's stealing some touches. Uh, you want to trust Cooper, but then you got CD Lamb. You want to trust Lamb, but then you got Gallup. You want to trust all three of them, but then you got Schultz. It's too many mouths to feed. Uh, and the bad thing is wide receiver trusting... trios, like I preached in the preseason. And there's so many players you're starting from that <laughs> team that if the Cowboys put up a dud like they did two weeks ago, like you lost. That's it. <laughs> it's just there's so many people that are hurting from it. Um, mm-hmm. On the Chiefs side. Look, again, the obvious ones, you're going Mahomes, you're going Kelsey, you're going Hill. Uh, Running backs, I'm not going to say definitely start anybody because it's worth monitoring right now. You got CEH potentially coming back this week. He should be returning this week. You got Daryl Williams there. They might still hold CEH out another week. Monitor the running back situation. If CEH is playing, I think he's going to be the starter. That's the guy I'm rolling with. If CEH is not playing, Daryl Williams is still a good play. Just monitor the running back situation. We'll obviously update you on our Twitter page. Um, but George, is there anybody else, any other pass catchers on this team that you like? Uh, maybe a, a Byron Pringle? Um, I, I don't know. It's interesting that Byron Pringle has been more relevant than me, Call Hardman. Um, but I think that alone tells you that I don't feel confident playing any of them. I'd almost feel more confident playing a backup tight end because I feel like they've had so many random tight ends whose names I've never heard of before scoring touchdowns this year. But I'm also not doing that. I think I'm just sticking to the basics when it comes with the Chiefs, starting Kelsey, starting Hill, starting Mahomes, and just touching on CEH really fast. It really stinks that we can't see his practice reports because he's still an injured reserve. They don't have to log them. The only thing we've got is a Wednesday press conference from Andy Reid who says, we want to see how CEH's knee holds up in practice this week. So yeah, we'll definitely keep you updated on our Twitter when we hear more Friday or Saturday. I think he has to be activated from injured reserve Saturday at like two o'clock or something like that for him to be eligible to play. Yeah, like I said, monitor it. We'll keep you updated on Twitter. Um, but, George, I think that does it for our 4 o'clock games. It's time to move on to Sunday Night Football, which is the laughable Pittsburgh Steelers right now uh, versus the L.A. Chargers. Steelers side, there's no way in hell that I'm starting Big Ben ever. Um, <laughs> you got to to that Harris. point. Harris is one of the best running backs in the league. He might win Rookie of the Year. Um over some of these rookie quarterbacks, over a Mac Jones, over a, a Kyle Pitts. He, he might win it. He's definitely worth monitoring. Um, but receivers-wise, I think you got Deontay Johnson, and that's it, man. I'm not really starting anybody else outside of that. 
uh, on the receiver side, only other guy that I would like catching the ball is Pat Fryermuth, and I think this is a good matchup for him. He could have a really good week. The Muth is Luth, as I've heard people say. Um, That's painful. Update update on Chase Claypool. He was limited participation in practice on Thursday, so he's trending towards possibly playing. But yeah, like I'm with you. I'm starting Fryermuth. I'm starting Deontay Johnson. I'm starting Najee Harris. I really wanted to like Chase Claypool when I heard the Juju was going down for the year, but it's just been awful. So until further notice, he's on my bench. Yeah, I agree. I'm not starting Claypool um, either. There's other options if you are in flex hell that I would start over Chase Claypool, which just sounds crazy. I would start a Marcus Johnson over a Chase Claypool, which just sounds crazy to me, but I would. Um, There's people in the next game I will actually say I would start over him too. We can get to that then. We will get to that. First, move on to the other team, the LA Chargers. Uh, George, since this is your closet favorite team, why don't you go ahead and hit us with the... uh, I know Cody's not here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Why don't you go ahead and say it? As <laughs> oh, I knew you weren't going to let me get game. away with it for a week. Um, your obvious play is Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams um, on the teeter-totter leaning towards start this week. Um, and I think that pretty much does it for me. I'm staying away from the tight ends for now because the Steelers do have a tough defense. And I would probably pick one sketchy player against that kind of defense, and that would be Mike Williams this week for me. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. I think it's pretty straightforward on the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely questionable on whether you can trust Mike Williams or not every week, but I think he's trending back in the good direction this week. Um, All right, let's finish it up. Monday Night Football, the man, the New York Giants, Tampa Bay Bucks. I so hope... (laughs) that the giants are still Brady's kryptonite. uh, And he ends up losing the NFC East. I said last week, so we're right back in the wheelhouse. I want to put some money on the giants. Um, It's still hard (laughs) to trust them though. They are the interesting team to monitor because of, you know, is Galladay going to play is Sterling Shepard going to play is Saquon Barkley going to play finally. Uh, as a Barkley owner, I know everybody else out there is dying to get him back. Um, it's you got to monitor these injury reports. They're definitely going to be key here. And if they, the, the bad thing is it's Monday night. So if you trust Saquon Barkley to play um, and Monday night, you find out he's not, it's like you got Booker, you got Fournette if you have him uh, or you got Ronald Jones. Like you don't really have a lot at the running back position. So uh, George, do you have any injury report updates for the giants? I do. Um, so if you're somebody who owns Saquon Barkley, you can go out and try to get Devontae Booker. The thing is, they're both listed as limited participants on Thursday. You also got to remember, a Thursday injury report in this situation is like a Wednesday injury report in a normal. We won't hear any final injury reports until Saturday, and they only have to start reporting on a Thursday. But uh, both of them were limited participants. So I think if you have Devontae Booker and Saquon on the same roster, you can roll with trying to play Saquon because I think Booker is more trending to play than Saquon. You have yourself a little bit of a safety net there. Um, In the wide receiver room, the only wide receiver listed on the injury report is Sterling Shepard as it did not participate in practice. Um, Part of me wishes that Sterling Shepard misses this game because I think that would give a boost to Kadarius Toney or uh, Kenny Galladay. 
less is more in this offense. I think we've seen it how this year is shaken out with injuries. When there's only one or two playing, they tend to do better than when they're all playing. So we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, a long way to go to Monday night. If you are desperate, I think my favorite, even if Shepard plays, is Kadarius Toney. So I think he would be my guy that I would feel most confident flexing in a pinch. Yeah, and I want to say that, you know, the Bucks have been one of the best run defenses. We've heard all the stats before that they don't allow good rushers and, you know, their defense is so stout that they don't allow points. But Washington's not that great of a team. Gibson's had a down year and he went off against the Bucs. Uh, Taylor Heineke is not that impressive. And yet the passing game worked really well against the Bucs. So uh, I think you can have a little bit of confidence to start some Giants here. It just sucks that their whole team is questionable. Um, but like garbage time is your best friend. If you're playing the giants too, like, especially if you're playing a giants pass catcher, who cares if the Buccaneers go up 45 to seven, if you know, if they want to throw the ball 30 times in garbage time and Kadarius Tony gets a touchdown that time, I don't care how he gets his 20 fantasy points. If he gets them in the fourth quarter, let it happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that's enough of a bad team in the giants. Let's go to the Bucks side. The receivers, I mean, George, I'll ask you for the injury reports again, but um, last week we saw, you know, some injured receivers. We didn't know if we'd see some Tyler Johnson, maybe, maybe we'd see somebody else, but uh, I, I think on the Bucks side, you're rolling with Fournette by this point. Uh, you still can trust Brady even after a bad week. Um, Godwin, man, he's been up and down this year, but I think you got to trust him. Um Antonio Brown, I know, is going to be out. We talked about that situation earlier. Gronk should be back this week, I believe, based off the injury report. Uh, that's a huge tight end returning. But, George, hit me up on some of the other injuries for this team. So I think you did about as good as I'm going to. I'm going to try to go off of my memory from Twitter earlier today because, of course, the Buccaneers are the one team that has not posted the Thursday injury report yet. Antonio Brown was definitely a did not participate with his ankle injury even set aside his uh, legal issue now or whatever issues going on with his COVID situation. So I do not expect him to go this week. Chris Godwin, I believe did not practice, but he was trending towards a game time decision kind of play. So I would avoid him if you were thinking about playing Godwin. And then Rob Gronkowski, I think was listed as a limited participant. So he is trending towards the go side. Um, and he's probably somebody you could find a replacement for on the free agent market. If you do want to try to go with the Gronk, if he ends up not playing for some reason, you go with an OJ Howard and just kind of hope really, um, because their tight ends have had some success in his absence. It's not your best play, but he's somebody you probably could roll with because you can have a safety blanket, most likely sitting out there on free agency. Um, but I want to ask you, so if there's no Antonio Brown and if there happens to be no Chris Godwin, not only do I think it's a good game for Evans again, is there any other receiver you like in that offense? Uh, the guy that I like after um, Chris Godwin, if he doesn't play, is Tyler Johnson. I think that Tyler Johnson has a connection with Brady. Uh, again, it sucks that he might be a game time decision on a Monday night, but uh, you could possibly pick up a Tyler Johnson because he's not owned anywhere. Um and play him as a potential flex play if you are in flex hell, like we've talked about. Um, I think he's probably your best option afterwards. Uh, they do have some other options out there, but like I said, you, you got to trust Tyler Johnson. But the issue is Mike Evans and 
Gronk should be enough for the pass game that they won't really need a third passing option. In between Fournette, Gronk, Evans, they should have everything pretty much covered there. So even though I like Tyler Johnson a lot, don't expect huge numbers from him. Maybe 10 at best. And do you, and if you happen to think that they are going to run up a score on the Giants, do you like Ronald Jones in garbage time enough to play him this week? No, I'm not starting Ronald Jones anywhere. I think the Jones era is over. It's regular season Lenny now. Um, I think Fournette has earned my trust completely. I'm seeing Ronald Jones get dropped in leagues, and I'm still not even picking him up. Um, He's just his time is over, and it it sucks for him because he had such a good year last year. But uh, it is definitely Leonard Fournette time. So the only thing I will say is, if you are one of those leagues that Ronald Jones was dropped and you are pretty much through your bye weeks, it may not be a bad idea if you're a Leonard Fournette owner to pick up Ronald Jones, keep him stashed on your bench as a handcuff, and beat the waiver wire rush if anything were to happen to to regular season Lenny going down the stretch. I think now is the part of the season where if you look forward and your buys are pretty much covered, you start padding your roster with either good playoff matchups or handcuffs. That's right, George. And you know what? I think that pretty much wraps up all of our games, all of our fantasy advice. Um, Guys, we are getting close to playoff time, getting close to uh, fantasy playoff time, not regular season playoff time. We are getting close to fantasy playoff time. The trade deadline should be hitting very soon in your league. If you need any trade advice, please come to us. Don't just trust your gut. I love trusting your gut, but sometimes it can throw you over, especially uh, there's times where you make a trade based off of passion. What have I seen lately? You could see a guy who just had a big week last week and be like, oh, man, I got to go get that Ramondre Stevenson guy. Don't. Uh, his playoff schedule is terrible. There's Damian Harris back. Like Guys like that. Just, I would... Come to us if you have any trade advice that you need. And look, honestly, just reach out to us in general. Get involved. Message us with any advice you need. If you want to talk some smack on what we talked about, or maybe you just have a question that's been burning in your head, not non-fantasy related, just football related. Just hit us up anytime. This podcast is so much more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved. And thank you one more time for listening into the Couch GM's podcast. For Tyler Snyder and Cody's keyboard, I'm George Kirk, and we'll see you all next week. Boom.